Hello, my name is Luke. I am the CEO of BCLA. Welcome to one of our podcasts. Today's episode features as a trailer or a teaser to our webinar on keratoconus. The podcast features Josie Barlow, who is a professional services manager at Medicon. She's joined by Jonathan Jackson, who is head of optometry at the Belfast Health and Social Care. They will be discussing keratoconus and some of the aspects of managing this eye condition. They touch on the treatments available, the importance of teamwork, and a few tips on how to manage keratoconus effectively. The podcast serves as a taster for the webinar, where Jonathan and his team will discuss further details about how they manage treatment at his busy hospital. Many thanks to Medicon for sponsoring the associated webinar, which is available to BCLA members. So. Um... Thank you so much, Jonathan, for uh, agreeing to do this webinar, which is going to be extremely interesting, all about the irregular cornea and keratoconus. But for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about your background and the role that you now have? Okay, yes. Uh, I uh, qualified uh, in optometry from uh, Glasgow, from Cali in, in Glasgow. And went straight to Moorfields, spent a year and a half, pre-reg, uh, basic optometrist, developed an interest in both low vision and contact lenses. Contact lenses was uh, particularly interesting, particularly uh, in the area of keratoconus. Uh, came back to set up a department here in Belfast, and it, it's grown hugely over the last 35 years. Uh, but, but now there are quite a number of, of optometrists and a number of ophthalmologists all involved in the service who are interested in keratoconus. And I think we have a really great team and we really look forward to the team sharing with you all, uh, you know, whenever time or whenever. No, that's fantastic. Which brings me on to my next point because you do have a very busy clinic. I know this. Um, so how does it work um, between the different departments um, and, and your colleagues? So what do you what do you rely on? What are what are the nuances that make it really tick and flow as well as it does? So what makes the keratoconus service work really well is the fact that uh, the key ophthalmologists and the, the lead optometrists in the service work very closely together. We do shared clinics, uh, we do shared corneal clinics where uh, you know essentially we joint take responsibility for patients. We're very dependent on our primary care colleagues. Uh, Finding these keratoconics, uh, and one of the big benefits of cross-linking SIDS came in as a treatment, and it is a great treatment for stopping or halting the progression of keratoconus, is that our primary care colleagues are now really up to speed at getting early referrals in. When they come in, then we assess, manage, monitor. That's large optometric roles. We use topography, all those sorts of things. Then when we get to the stage of them needing cross-linking or demonstrating change. That's all organized in conjunction with our medical colleagues. And at the same time, we can then parallel treat these patients uh, with rigid gas permeable contact lenses, which Josie, you know all about. It's clearly an area of expertise for you, but you know we've got now really sophisticated lenses available to us. I won't mention brand names, but from irregular um, C3 designs to aspheric designs to mini sclerals, sclerals, some soft lenses, um, I think there's a lot going for keratoconic services now. And I think the team will be introducing you to whenever we're uh, doing the webinar, we'll bring out different aspects of that. Fantastic. 
which brings me on to, because obviously there are some fantastic products um, on the market to fit the irregular cornea. Um, the way that they're manufactured now is so sophisticated, we can cut some very interesting shapes. Um, but how these, these, these newer treatments that have come through for keratoconics, cross-linking is a game changer, as I'm sure you're aware. But how has that influenced the sort of choices that you have for products? Has it influenced it at all? Um, do these different treatment options mean that you, you do things in a different way now to, to maybe the way we did sort of five or 10 years ago? So cross-linking hasn't really changed the type of lenses we use. It's changed when we use them uh, and, and the plan for using them. The, one of the benefits of cross-linking, hopefully, is that we stop many cones getting to the you know, high-end, uh, you know, really severe very steep cones, which are harder and harder to fit, as you know. So you can fit lenses earlier in the process. Um, there's less change after having fitted the lens. So theoretically, you won't necessarily require as many changes due to parameter change. Um, so I, I would say that's probably the answer to that question. Okay. So do you think that there is more that maybe primary care or um, mainstream um, optometry can do to help clinics like yours, maybe to help relieve the burden? Is there anything that, that they could be doing um, that you would find really useful? That's a very interesting question, particularly uh, in that we're almost 15 months into the COVID era, okay? So COVID has had a huge impact on both primary and secondary care, but for us in secondary care, <coughs> we've reduced numbers of, <coughs> excuse me, reduced numbers of patients in the clinic where we have to uh, practice uh, social distancing within clinic, where the PPE, all that reduces the number of patients that come through. So our waiting lists are growing exponentially. So as we move out of COVID, a couple of things that we have to look at is, uh, you know, can more be done in primary care with a view to monitoring those who have early keratoconus and may or may not be progressing? Now, I'm not saying specifically that you need to have Pentacam topography available to you to do for, available to you to do that, but you have to have some method of quantifying corneal topography to give an indication as to whether there's change. Obviously, changes in astigmatism will give you an indication of this change when it's fairly significant, but some form of topography allows you to monitor more subtle change. So primary care, yeah, I think they can help in that. Regrettably, and, and I'm sure it brings a tear to your eye, um, you know, uh, clinical practice in primary care, there are less optometrists out there who are confident and competent with hard lenses, mini scleral lens, that sort of thing. But there are experts out there. And our hope would be that we could use those experts rather than necessarily use everybody to fit complex lenses to keratoconics. No, I agree. And I, I think, you know, I think that there are some very competent practitioners out there and it's about targeting those that share exactly. that sort of, you know, that sort of passion and, and have that sort of knowledge. So just to wrap up, because I don't want to keep you from your very busy clinic, um, what are the key things you're hoping people will get from this webinar? So these ECPs, when they tune in, then some may have you know, a lot of experience about the irregular cornea, some may have none and be a little bit you know, apprehensive. Um, what would be your hopeful take-home message from it? 
Okay, so in the first instance, every optometrist will see a keratoconic or two or three or more at some stage in their career. Yes. So for those who have no desire to fit the contact lenses, that's not the point. In the first part of the presentation, which will be done by Dr. Adrian Burns and I, we'll deal a little bit about epidemiology. We'll deal a little bit about signs and symptoms, how you detect it, how you know it's changing. So that will be for all optometrists and indeed uh, dispensing opticians, contact lens practitioners and ophthalmologists that are on board. Um, that'll be for all of them. Then for those who want to be more involved, this is not necessarily hospital optometrists, there will be a lot of hospital opponents in this category, but it'll also be the specialist contact lens practitioner in, in primary care. Um, there'll be stuff in there about which lenses choose, how to decide whether a lens will, will benefit, be benefit or not, relates to asymmetry, unilaterality, all these sorts of things. And then for those that are really interested in the subject, who will want to know, well, what happens to my patient once they're sent into the secondary care system, there'll be bit of information on cross-linking, how it's done, who does it. There'll be a bit of information on corneal grafting, which maybe 10% of keratoconics may proceed to that. Keratoc if uh, cross-linking is successful, it'll be less than that. Okay. So I think there's a bit in there for everybody, but that maybe sounds like a salesman's pitch. No, You'll not see. at all. No, not at all. I think that's really exciting because I think there's something for everybody. So no matter what your level is, I think you can sort of acquire new knowledge and you'll also be able to brush up on things because you're right we might have one keratoconic on our books um, and we dread the thought of them coming in and knowing what to do with them and I think that that will definitely give people confidence so thank you so very much for your time um, and I am very much looking forward to listening to the webinar and brushing up on some of my skills because uh, it doesn't matter how good you think you are you can always be better and why not learn from the best which is yourself and your colleagues <laughs> So thank you very thank much. You. Yeah. Thank you very and, much. And I think one of, one of the other things is the fact that this webinar, and you know, you know, Josie, they, they can be a bit difficult to put together, but the fact that we've got four clinicians, two optometrists, two ophthalmologists, all experienced there, shows the multi-personality and the um, collegiate nature of the service. Yeah, I, I'm, absolutely. I'm really proud of. Yeah. No, you should be too. Very proud. The BCLA Clinical Conference returns in June as a virtual event. For the first time ever, we will be live streaming across a period of 30 hours to cover different time zones across the world. The most renowned contact lens event will now be more accessible than ever before for all eye care practitioners. And a key feature of the programme will be the much anticipated CLEAR report. You can find out more at bcla.org.uk.